So, All right, I guess we're ready. Uh, whenever you want to, sure. Record or All right, Patreon listeners, thank you for your support. Uh, all history lovers, great minds, drinking buddies, and patrons of the arts that have a chance to listen to this. I hope you enjoy our second round of Cullen Talks China, which is really, again, just Cullen teaching me shit about China because every time he brings it up in the episode, I have no fucking clue what's going on. So, Colin, uh, hit me. What do you got tonight? Well, I thought we'd start with something pretty basic and simple. When you talk about China, most people think about the Great Wall, um, mainly mm. because it's still a tourist icon. People go and they want to walk on it and see it. And uh, it's been around for thousands of years, I guess. So, but um, well, before just, we get uh, into that, I will say then the yep. limit and maybe this is the twist of the show. The extent of my knowledge on the Great Wall, aside from it being a backdrop of Mulan, is South Park's goddamn Mongolians. And I know it was meant, all I know is it was meant to keep out Mongolians. So I literally know nothing beyond that and Dick Nixon. All right. So that's all I know about the Great Wall of China. So I'm very excited to hear and learn more over the next five minutes or so. But first, it's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. It's interesting. when you, We'll stay with South Park for a minute. So the Mongols breach um, it in the 1200s. And what's neat is it's an icon for the nation. It's the symbol of like what the Statue of Liberty or the Liberty Bell would be for America. The Great Wall is that, that physical symbol for China. And yet it never did what it was designed to do. It never did keep the foreigners at bay. Like I said, the Mongols will go through it in the 1200s. The Manchus, really? Wait, so it wasn't yeah, built the, to keep out the Mongols. It was built just to keep out anyone. It was, yeah, it was built to keep out the nomads to the north. Uh, oh, in, Huns and stuff? That, that, yeah, the Huns. There was, there was a bunch of different groups up there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it never really did what it was designed to do. And it's not one wall. If, if you know the history, uh, the first emperor started it. But then each emperor just added on a piece until like oh. each emperor tried to outdo the one before them. So oh, kind of like uh, some palaces in Europe or even, right. even I'm trying to think there's an American equivalent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and so the thing just got bigger and bigger. And as China spread out, it, it of course, went further north or went further south, depending right, on right, the right. politics day so it really looks like a giant tree when you see the the branch and spur lines that branch off and that's why when people say how long is it are you going to add all the branches because if that's the case it's two to three thousand miles which would be from like california to maine wow you know, which you know that's a long <laughs> long and that ultimately was its downfall because if you have something that long to maintain it you need to staff Man, it with yeah. troops and maintain and, you know, it as it crumbles. I mean, it's just a stone wall, right? <laughs> yeah. In fact, when we were over there, there were places that you drive, like if you get out away from the touristy areas, the wall is just a dilapidated shamble of rocks. Right. Um, there were some places where it was maybe knee high because farmers would come and take it for their barns or, you know, no one's protecting it. No one's out there. You know, if it were America, it would have like National Park Service and, right. you know, people would care, but nobody right. seems to really do a good job. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. 
but so uh, so it's it's built and then it just and now it's just a symbol of like the greatness of china and you can see it from space right i know that they say that's not true they say oh. like um a lot yeah that's a misnomer i suppose um there's some man-made objects that are visible from space one is a giant uh, landfill i'm told oh uh, let's but yeah, they said that the the Great Wall would look just like any other type of, you know, like a maybe even just like a sparse like... range of tiny hills or something. Yeah, nothing. Else. Well, that's right. interesting. Now I'm now I'm curious. Uh, that's curious because that's like a common trope that people love to throw out there. How strange. Well, so it, it also is a um, it's a foil to China's obsession with dealing with foreign influences coming into China and either, you know perverting or taking over their their culture it was the when the mongols invaded in the 1200s it's the first time that no chinese monarch sat on the dragon throne it was a foreigner that took oh really over china for 100 years kublai khan and you know the khans had had owned china oh yes yes of course yeah then the Manchus come in the 1700s and take over China. Then the Opium Wars, the British come in and take over China. Then in the 1890s, Japan invent, inv or in 1936, 37, they declare war on China. So China's got this history of foreigners showing up and messing with them. So is the wall, yeah, like the wall less defensive? And like right. It's more <laughs> of a symbol of don't mess with us than an actual barrier of don't come in. But, but there's that xenophobia that China still this day carries oh. of extraterritoriality mm -hmm. that it always is very, very like modern China today is very set on delineating this is China and this 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 needs to return to China, like Taiwan right, right, right. or yeah. you know, whatever. So, but yeah, that, and the wall, I guess, you know, it's funny because it, outside of the wall is part of China now. It's China grew oh, outside yeah. of it its wall but yeah i don't even think about that that's fascinating so so the wall it, it's more like a medieval castle right it, it stops being of military value after what the advent of cannon warfare but i mean that doesn't really affect china because that kind of warfare doesn't hit them until europeans arrive from the sea right the, the the one dynasty that maintained it the best was the ming in the 14 to 1600s but mm -hmm. then you know that falls to the manchus which are up north above mm -hmm. the wall up above korea is manchuria and the manchus come in during the qing dynasty in the 17 1800s and they're the ones that allow you know the the opium to start coming in from right the right British. right yeah they're no, not actually, Han chinese you you know it was, the analogy would be it would be like if Canada controlled the southern United States, uh, you know, the, the U.S., they, they would worry more about Canada than they would, you know, the, the, the 48 continent. Uh, the states, right. You know. So, you know, it's funny you say, you know, this is this, you know, this is that. I don't know any of it. I, I know these names you're saying, Ming, Manchu, and I would love to dive more into these dynasties as oh, we move, so through, uh, move, move through our time on Kellen Talks China. But any final thoughts about the, the Great Wall that you want to sneak into this short episode? Um, just, uh, geez, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, I guess not. I, I was going to say something and now I, now I forgot. It's, no, I, I love it. I mean, like I said, the only thing I know is that he, uh, Dick Nixon walks it with Mao Zedong and their, their significant others, uh, during the cold war. Uh, and I, I wonder, yeah. I, I find myself wondering how much of a symbol it was of, of the cold war. Cause it's, it didn't really buffer anything, but communism, you know, uh, well, I, I know what I wanted to say. Um, yeah. one side of the wall has battlements and, um, you know, arrow loops and stuff mm -hmm. to shoot like the Northern side, which is the yeah. barbarian side. And the Southern side is more smooth with stairwells to climb up to oh, it yes, and yes. whatnot. And so the idea was that the civilized side was, you know, 
you know, China's, you know, oh, southern and the warrior war war the warrior was... faces the enemy. Oh, yes, yes. Interesting. Um, so, and they did have different places they could ride chariots on it or send beacons. But and you've been uh, to it. it. Yeah, I, I got to walk on it when I went uh, with Pitt University. We got to go over and see it. Is it and, is it uh, worth the hike? Tour. It is. To get up to it, you had to take a ski chair lift uh, oh. to the one I went to. And then they had those uh, street luges you ride mm-hmm. in like, a, it looks like a uh, bobsled type track. Oh, you kinda, how cool. That was fun to ride back down. So that was a good very time. Very awesome. But, uh, yeah, very, very fun. And, you know, very touristy. Oh, for sure. Every, but, inside the towers, they sell ice cream and postcards and, you know. <laughs> oh, that's kind of fun, but also sad. But, you know, it's like Carcassonne, I guess, in a way. So, yeah, uh, well, exactly. I love it. I, I love that I got to learn a little bit, break a few myths and learn a little bit about the Great Wall of China. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed. Patreons, thank, for your, thank you for your support. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed this uh, second round of Cullen Talks China, this time of the Great Wall. And we'll see you next time. Cheers.